this week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we bring in customers from SAP and Highland to talk all about their Azure control experiences and why data protection matters for their Kubernetes workloads. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have a couple of special guests to talk to us all about NetApp as well as Astra, but most importantly SAP. So with us today we have Jacob Jang. So Jacob, what do you do at SAP and how do we reach you? Yeah, you can reach me at my email address, jacob.jiang at sap.com. All right. And uh, what do you do over at SAP? I'm the storage engineer in the SuccessFactor BU. What exactly is SAP? Like, could you tell me a little bit about what they do if people aren't familiar with it? I know it's a pretty big name out there, but there may still be people that aren't really familiar with it. So actually, you know, our BU is SuccessFactor, which is a human resource uh, SaaS provider for the customer. For the end user, my job is to maintain those things and seeking for the you know solution for the DR backups and uh, also the monitoring those kind of stuff and to make sure everything went smooth. So it sounds like SAP, the business unit unit you're in, is more of like HR as a service, right? Yeah, yeah. In my BU is yes, yes. Okay. My LOB is this one. So for the other LOBs, I don't. I'm not sure. But actually, you know, I'm in the success factor of you. Yeah, it's a very large company, so I wouldn't expect you to, to know everything about SAP. But yeah, you know. yeah, that, that there are a lot of you know lots of lots of BUs inside SAP. We are providing you know multiple different SaaS functions to different customers like Ariba, like Hana, like BYD. You know, SuccessFactor is just one of them. You know, yeah, it's a very large company. Yeah, I know for a fact that SAP has been a longtime customer for NetApp. When it, back in the days when I worked in support, I used to work with SAP directly. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, longtime NetApp customers, and that's great. Also with us today, we have Harishi Karamani. So Harishi is here at NetApp. What do you do and how do we reach you? Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm one of the product managers and the Astra family of products. Um, primarily focused on NetApp Astra Control. You can reach me via email at rishi at netapp.com. All right, excellent. So from the sounds of it, it looks like uh, Jacob uses a lot of NetApp, a lot of ONTAP, probably mostly specifically with cloud volumes ONTAP and then on-prem products as well. So Jacob, in your time at SAP, what made you decide to choose NetApp for these types of workloads? The NetApp is, to be frank, is easy to use and the more stable. Also, the support is very excellent. So that's why we choose the NetApp as our standard storage solutions at the moment. So we do have a product suite called Astra, and that's why Harishi is here. So before I talk to you about Astra and SAP, Rishi, can you kind of give us the overview of the Astra product suite? Because it's not just one thing, it's multiple things. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Astra as a portfolio is basically looking to bring Astra application-aware data management uh, to Kubernetes, right? Um, now, we started out with Astra Trident, which was Trident and later got renamed, but that is a key cog of our portfolio. Uh, Trident is a CSI provisioner, one of the first. Uh, it has been out there for six years. 
Trident enables Kubernetes applications to consume storage seamlessly, uh, irrespective of where and what form factor of on-tap storage or NetApp storage they're running, right? So CSI is, is the beginning, uh, container storage interface, and all of the products build on top of, of Trident. So Astra Control, which is our application of our data management suite, provides protection, backup, and recovery to rich data management or rich Kubernetes applications and workloads, both in the public cloud and on-premises, right? So it enables data protection, disaster recovery, and also brings in mobility, which is a key use case for Kubernetes workloads where customers would want to move their applications uh, across clusters, both on-prem and uh, to the cloud. So the hybrid multi-cloud is, is real, right? Uh, but Astra Control leverages key NetApp technology like snapshot, backups, replication, cloning, all that that customers like SAP and, and Jacob have come to use and trust uh, over the years. That's Astra Control in a nutshell. And uh, Astra Control, Astra Trident, uh, together forms the Astra portfolio. I assume that Jacob is, is familiar with Astra. You've heard of it before. You've probably looked into it a bit. Is that is that accurate, Jacob? I'm familiar with Trident. For the Astra, I'm still the newbie here. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Um, that's why you're here, right? So yeah. from what you heard Rishi talk about, I mean, you you're familiar with Trident. You know what that's all about. It's pretty straightforward, right? We need a way for yeah. Kubernetes to talk to the storage, whether it's NetApp or whatever. What about the Astra Control Suite? What sort of things that Harishi mentioned kind of drew your attention the most? Oh, yes. So actually, you know, for the SAP, for the success factor, we are transforming ourselves from the traditional solutions to the Kubernetes now. And that's why we are using the Trident, you know, and more and more function modules are going to the Kubernetes now. So what we are seeking here is that the backup and the DR solutions, because, you know, we are moving to the Trident, right? Traditional backups and the traditional DR is no longer use us anymore. So that's why we are seeking for the new uh, solutions and Astra seems like very suitable for us. Yeah, it sounds like with the new Kubernetes environment you've got, you're looking for something that's both application aware and able to integrate easily with Kubernetes. So Harishi, yes. how, how does Astra fit in there? Like, What does it use to make those things easy? Astra Control at its core is an application-aware uh, data management. So there are two parts to it, application awareness and application consistency. So like Jacob mentioned, as these monolithic applications are getting containerized, standard or like uh, traditional ways of backup and DR don't scale very well, especially with the different logical components that containers bring in. You need a solution that takes an application as a whole including all those logical pieces, all those volumes together and manage them at that granularity. And that's what Astro Control provides. It provides the application aware, application consistent suite or solution to protect and move your data rich Kubernetes, right? And what it does is, like I said, leverages a lot of NetApp's core data management technology, which we have come to have known for over 20 years, and builds on top using Trident. Trident is our gateway, right? And most customers are used to leveraging Trident for their applications. Now, Astra Control provides this additional layer on top, which provides application data management 
to back up and DR, like Jacob was mentioning, it actually goes one step forward by also allowing you mobility. Now, once we know how to do backup, right, being able to put it into a third object store, we have the capability to move applications between clusters. So that's the core value prop of Astro Control. So I know in my experience with dealing with Astro Trident, you know, setting up containers and, and CSI drivers, there's a lot of manual labor there. There's a lot of JSON files you got to modify, config files. With the data protection piece integrated into Astro Control, are you able to do all that through a GUI and then it modifies the JSON files in the back end for you? Or are you still kind of dealing with JSON files manually? It allows you flexibility to, to both. In that sense, Astro Control allows you to use a GUI and do everything that you would do through a JSON YAML uh, or kubectl, right? But if you are a Kubernetes consumer, you can do a lot of it where you're used to. So you have both options. You can go back to your YAML and kubectl ways of deploying and managing. And we also provide APIs. It's a, it has a rich suite of REST APIs. It caters to customers' preferred way of management. So Jacob, what's your preference? Are you a kubectl CLI guy or are you strictly GUI? Do you like to use the GUI? GUI, that's for sure. But actually, you know, we also want some kubectl command and the interface for us so that we can integrate our scripts because maybe in the future we will monitor by ourselves. So if the NetApp can expose some APIs or RESTful APIs for us, to monitor it and integrate it with our current monitoring system, that would be great. We've talked about how you manage the Kubernetes piece. So let's talk about the data that you're actually using with Kubernetes. Now, I remember like back in the early days of containers, I don't think people really considered data to be stateful, right? It was all ephemeral, didn't really need it. You can get rid of it at any time. Now you're looking at more workloads needing those data sets to be protected. So yes. Tell me about how you have these data sets laid out. Are they all in a single volume and then everything points to that volume? Are they across multiple volumes? And how are you handling all that with Kubernetes? So the uh, PVs and the different uh, volumes, and we have different uh, namespace. Each of the namespace is for the different modules and uh, different modules will have their own sets of the PVs. So they will put the database on it, which means that stateful pause that. That's why we need the protection for those volumes. And what are you using today to protect them? I mean, what's traditionally what you've been using for backup and recovery with those particular workloads? For the traditional one, we are using SnapMirror for the you know data replication. But for the backup, we are still using the EMC Networker. But, you know, the EMC Networker is not suitable for Kubernetes area. It's good at the VM-based or file system-based, which means that the database go to the backup storage by the DDBoost. That's okay. But whenever we move to the Kubernetes area, it's no longer true. It's not suitable for us anymore. And why is that? What's the hold up with using networker and Kubernetes? Like, what's the deal with that? The limitation is that EMC networker is not designed for the Kubernetes. It's long back ago. It's a legato, right? So EMC acquired maybe 20 years or, or 10 years ago. You know, when it happened, there's no Kubernetes right there, right? So yeah, yeah it's not suitable for that. Are you putting all this on tape? Is that a tape backup? Uh, yes, it's a rotated backup. But actually, you know, the, the EMC networker cannot backup the, the Kubernetes objects, I will say, like config map, like pod, like mm -hmm. uh, secrets, 
right? So you can't back up those kind of things. So what you're basically saying is, you know, we have data sets, those are important, but it's also very yeah. important to be able to quickly stand up a Kubernetes cluster that might have tanked on you, right? Not to say that's never happened to somebody, but being yeah. able to quickly spin one up and have a Kubernetes ready to go just by using your backup and recovery software. So Harishi, how does Astra solve that problem? Astra manages or backs up application as a whole unit. So you're not backing up a single PB or a volume. So once you manage an application as a unit, you can back up to a object store periodically through scheduled or manual operations. And once you have those backups and you choose a recovery point, you get the entire application. Uh, I must step back a little bit. When you take the backups, those backups are also application consistent. We provide admins flexibility to define how the consistency is achieved by execution hooks, right? Where they can provide their own scripts. Once that scripts are provided, Astra every time it takes a backup, it executes those scripts to give you a consistency point across the application. All the PVs, all the Kubernetes objects, right? And then backs it up as one unit. So when we restore it, you're not scrambling to say, these are my 10 PVs, right? These pods are running in this namespace and so forth and stitch them together. But Astra knows how to do all of that for you. So it becomes a single button operation. And it still leverages SnapMirror, right? So we're actually snap mirroring volume yes. data and we're, are we snap mirroring the Kubernetes data as well? Is that, is that also? So that's, that's actually hot off the press, right? It just came out today. So since the day we've been talking to customers like Jacob from our first release, this has been the across the board, the most commonly asked feature, right? Uh, like Jacob said, they are already using Snapper for their PVs, but they have to manually stitch them up on the DR side and bring the application to PV mapping. But with this release of Astra Control, we are integrating SnapMirror into applications, which is basically, we are taking our DR, uh, we are actually bringing in business continuity with the application level mirroring where all your volumes are mirrored to your secondary cluster using SnapMirror. So this provides a level of business continuity with really low RPO and RTO. In that sense, everything is available on your secondary cluster or secondary site and ready to go at a click of a button to restore your application as opposed to like a backup, uh, which can take hours to restore. And that secondary site doesn't have to be an on-prem site. That can be a cloud instance, right? Exactly. And I think that's where Jacob's use case is very relevant. We are actually doing a POC with Jacob right now where we are using Kubernetes clusters running in the cloud using CVO backend. So this is where the hybrid multi-cloud comes in. So you can snap mirror across clouds, but we can see uh, snap mirror across CVO instances running in any hyperscaler and also on-prem to cloud, which unlocks the whole DR to cloud use case. So Jacob... You know, I know that yeah. SnapMirror is good for disaster recovery and backup and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. What about using it for a data mover? Do you use it to move things around to different clouds to allow your end users to be closer to the data? You mean the migration? Yeah, data migration or maybe, you know, let's say like you have a site in Singapore and you want to move it to a site in Germany, right? Oh, uh, yes. So we are using the SnapMirror for the data migration as well. That's true. Yes. With this Azure control piece, is it only for backup or can we use it in those data migration use cases? Can it simplify those migrations? Yeah, absolutely. Not only simplifies, right? It also reduces your maintenance window. So you Yeah, that's true. Data. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I agree. So actually, you know, when we talk about the solution, we the major concern we have is RPO and RTO. So actually 
RPO is that the difference of data, right? So here we are talking about the RTO, the recover time. Without Astra, everything will do the manual, which means that it will take a longer time for us to do the restore. But with something like automation in the Astra, it's just a one-click button and it will save time. That's not the only time saver there, right? That's also time savings with SnapMirror because it's faster overall to move data. And then you have the incremental pieces that are faster in general because you're not moving entire files, right? Exactly. And and you need a downtime for only moving that last incremental copy in your cutover phase, right? So that can be in minutes. So you can really plan your migration, like you were alluding to, right? With minutes of downtime across sites. That's exactly so. Without Astra, we have to hop on the target site, manually run the snap mirror break, right? Quiet and break, and then go to the Kubernetes cluster and run the Trident import, the import those PVs. And we have to manually bring up the pods, could we control those pods and map the, the PVs and then load up service? If we using the Astra, we just hit button and everything will go underneath. Yep, we actually have a feature for that. We call it reverse replication. So it actually moves your application over to the other site instantaneously, but also if you want to replicate it back, continues writing or syncing back to the original site. In such case, without Astra, if by human, it will be become like snap mirror resync. You have to run by yourself and uh, <laughs> run the certain CTL input. This all something like that. So Rishi, I had another question. We can replicate data with snap mirror. Are we replicating those Kubernetes configurations so that we can automate standing up the cluster as it was on the other site uh, very quickly? Great. Yeah, great question. So yeah, we talked a little bit about application consistency. The same concept is extended to uh, DR, right? So every time we do an update of a snap mirror, we actually take an application consistent snapshot. Remember that hooks and all that orchestration we do in Astra, we still do that. And then we take snapshots, which are application consistent, number one, but we also go ahead and at the same time frame take application objects. So you have not only volumes, which are replicated application consistently, but also the app objects, which are many, right? With Kubernetes, you have plenty of logical objects. We take a copy of all of that, store it in Astra. So when you're ready to failover, you get all those objects ready and restored instantaneously, right? That's what Jacob was alluding to with a single click of a button, you can now have your app with that consistency point. So Jacob, let's kind of just wrap this up by asking you, what is your wish list? Like you've, you've heard about what we have now. So what sort of things are you looking for to be added in future releases? So at a feature list is something like if the Astra can expose more things for the monitoring, and that will be great because, you know, what we want is something like integrated with our Splunk or if it can expose some of the API for us so that we can do some automation and monitor it. And Rishi, I'm, I'm sure you're taking these notes yep. down or you've already gotten these notes. Yes, um, we actually have features written up for these. Uh, these are great points and we have heard them across the board. So we have open metrics endpoints which can be integrated into customer environments. We are enhancing them to keep pace with the feature development, obviously, but we also have a rich suite of cloud insight monitoring and telemetry and advanced insights integrated as well. It's a start, but we need feedback from customers like Jacob on, on what's the direction we want to take it. All right, excellent. 
Well, I won't take any more of your time, Jacob. I appreciate you uh, coming onto the podcast and talking to us about your Asher experiences as well as your NetApp experiences. Again, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Yeah, you can email me. All right, we'll include that in the blog. And Rishi? You can reach me on email at hrishi, rishi at netapp.com. All right, excellent. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Next up is longtime NetApp customer Highland, and Casey Schenberger is here to tell us all about what they're using NetApp for, as well as what they're doing with Astra Control and the new data protection feature for their workloads. We have Casey Schenberger from Highland here. So Casey, what do you do at Highland, and how do we reach you? I am a cloud platform architect at Highland, and I have been a primary storage administrator for 10 years here now. So I manage all the storage for our hosted environments. Basically, just email casey.schenberger. Also with us today, uh, we have Harishi Karamani. So Harishi, what do you do at NetApp and how do we reach you? Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me again on your show. This is Rishi. Um, so I'm, I'm one of the product managers with our NetApp Astra portfolio. I'm primarily focused on Astra Control and its close integration with ONTAP uh, and bringing those goodness to Astra. You can reach me at uh, rishi at netapp.com. It's H-R-I-S-H-I at netapp.com. All right. So before we start talking about NetApp and Astra and all that good stuff, we want to talk about Highland. Uh, so Casey, can you kind of give us an idea of what Highland does, like what sort of things they're into? Yeah, Highland is a enterprise content management software company. We write on base. We have ShareBase by Highland. Also have content and several different ECM suites and softwares for paperless office. Okay. Can you kind of give me uh, an idea of, I, I don't know if you have public customer references or anything, but just kind of an idea of what sort of things that your customers use Highland for. So ShareBase is sort of like a Dropbox, like an employee file sync and share on base, lots of companies from all different sectors. It started with banks and check images. So when you write a check and you wanted to go and see an image of that check, those were there and your bank would let you use on base to access images of that. We've now worked on to you know, workflow and business continuity. We have lots of healthcare customers who use it for patient record storage, that kind of thing. So it sounds like you deal with a lot of sensitive data. It requires a lot of compliance regulation pieces, right? Yeah, there's a lot of sensitive data for sure and all sorts of different regulatory compliance that we have to meet. You are a NetApp customer, so I'd like to understand a little more about why you chose to use NetApp and what sort of NetApp products you use already. Highland's kind of split into two pieces. There's the internal IT staff. They are also a NetApp customer. Highland as a whole is, but I work in the hosting department where we host the software that we write. We chose NetApp originally way back in... 2000, I think five or six is when they first started using NetApp. I started here in 07. We were already a NetApp customer. We chose NetApp for its reliability and you know block level replication of even files because the software that we write and handle has hundreds of thousands and millions of tiny, tiny files. So that causes lots of issues if we try to replicate via file workloads. We did move away from NetApp for a little while. We were trying some other things to do a little bit differently and we came back. We use nearly everything in the portfolio. Obviously, ONTAP, we use SnapMirror. We have some SnapLock storage that we use. We are a storage grid customer, so we have a pretty decent storage grid implementation. We use that for Splunk logging as well as data storage. We are looking right now to also start using SnapCenter. We looked at it before and kind of put it to the side. We use Cloud Volumes ONTAP and AWS for similar replication reasons and, and performance. And obviously, we we are uh, Trident users. We started using Trident quite some time ago, 
2017, early 2018, maybe somewhere in there. So it was pretty early on from Trident. So tell me a little bit more about your Trident use case. Are you deploying this strictly with a Docker implementation and containers? Or are you actually rolling out full-fledged Kubernetes in your environment? And that's why you've got Trident in there. We have full-fledged Kubernetes. We got a few different workloads on containers. They need persistent volumes, but they don't need any kind of replication. That things like Elasticsearch, some of what we're using Redis for. But yeah, it's full. It's it's Kubernetes. And so we use Trident for all of our PV needs. You're using Trident for your persistent volume stuff. You mentioned you have some workloads that don't require replication. Do you have w- workloads that you're starting to implement in Kubernetes that do require replication? Or is that just something that doesn't apply to your environment? We have several workloads that do require replication, which is where we've been working with Harishi and Astra Control because... <laughs> Today, that's kind of difficult, and it's kind of difficult because the way that our our software is implemented and our use case, we can't use SVMDR. So basically, we have a DevOps team who handles Kubernetes, and we give them the details they need for Trident, but they don't have any access to the backend storage. So when they need replication, they give us a GUID, and we have to do a snap mirror, and they have to re-import it if we do a DR, and then we have to reverse the replication and then once the replication is reversed and, it, and they re-import it on the production side, usually the GUID changes and then we have to go and redo all of that replication again. So that's it's it's very difficult. And that's where we started down this road. What I'm hearing is you don't like doing things manually. Is that is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that would be correct. <laughs> I can't imagine why. So Harishi, you know, that sounds like a pretty important problem for them. What are we doing with Astra Control that helps that? Well, it seems like all the bits and pieces are there, putting it together uh, as a puzzle, right, for containers, making it not just the data replicate transparently and be available and reverse, like Casey mentioned, but also doing it with app granularity, uh, moving application with all its constituents is where Astra Control uh, brings its app-aware data management. As you may have heard with the latest release that came out this week with Astra Control, we are bringing in replication-based DR functionality, which is basically integrating it with SnapMirror, like Casey mentioned, they're already using it, but now we're getting an Astra lens to implementing SnapMirror-based DR. So what this would do is still manage your application as a whole, a single unit, but under the wraps, Astra would go ahead and protect all your volumes, establish SnapMirror relationships to the destination, and provide you one-button operations for everything that Casey mentioned. To begin with failover, reverse replication when you want to do like a load balance or move your application over while you continue replicating in the reverse direction, or maybe even migrate over, right? Uh, In a true disaster, you'd failover, resync, failback. So all these orchestrations or workflows, which are basically a lot of manual steps today, are done in a controlled way with Astra. On top of it, you also get the application consistency point where where we allow execution hooks to come and play and give you that consistent view across all your PVs or volumes, plus also the same consistency in your Kubernetes objects. So one-click operations with a lot of application-aware and application-consistent replication. So Casey, I, I imagine you've already been kicking the tires on this. What are your first impressions with the new SnapMirror implementation in Astra Control? Probably one of the biggest points that Rishi brought up and is going to be the, you know, the biggest benefit to us is not only is it automated and much easier, but the application consistency, because the way it works today, we don't necessarily take the snapshot of all of the PVs for a single app at the exact same time. 
And so that means then we have to do some work to make sure that we're in the right spot when we do come up in DR. So that'll be a big win for us. Like we can fail over an application and everything will be consistent. We won't have to do that other work. The reduction of time, a simple application that has three PVs maybe takes us right now about 45 minutes just to do a one-way failover. And then we have to do some prep. And then when we want to fail it back to the production site, let's say we're just doing a DR test, then we start that process over, right? It's another 45 minutes to fail it over and then the prep work again. This will cut it down to a couple of clicks and then minutes on the back end for everything to get done. So that'll be huge for us. Yeah, I imagine your test consists of doing, you know, an initial replication, then a couple of additional replications to get everything up to date. And then that cutover is where the actual test happens. Is that is that about right? Yeah. So we basically they will stop the application in Kubernetes, right? And once the application's down, we'll force some replication and then we'll break off the snap mirrors and that will bring them live on the other side. They'll restart the application in the DR site. And then we have to replicate the data. One, you know, one volume at a time, like one PV is, each PV is a volume. And then once that's re-replicated, right, then we're ready for, for failback and they have to, they can start their application testing. I guess another thing I didn't necessarily mention is the workloads we're talking about here, they're, they're very time sensitive. So they're maybe 30 to 40,000 document changes in an eight hour period. In any given minute, there's a lot of these. And, and while the application is down, that means somebody's making these changes on paper, right? They fail to a paper process. And then when it comes back online, not only do they have to start doing digitally again, but somebody has to enter the paper data. That work has to get done. So every minute that we can crush this down is a huge win. And how long did you say that cutover was? Last time we did one, it took about 45 minutes to get everything cut over. And there's more to the app than just this Kubernetes piece. Mm -hmm. But all in total, the Kubernetes piece is probably a good 25, 30 minutes of it, just based on prep, getting it failed over, making sure everything's good, bringing the application back up, making sure the application is in a consistent state, all that stuff. And this was pre-Astro Control, right? Correct. And have you done any tests post-Astro Control with the new data protection piece? How long has that taken? We have not yet done it with our application. We're actually finalizing the install right now to do all of that testing, but we have done tests with Arushi and his team online in, in demos that are basically the exact same thing. And they take a couple of minutes, right? We can exactly. do a 15 minute demo and fill it multiple times. And then just to put in context, right? All the steps that Casey walked through with Astra Control, it would be actually just three steps. The first step would be they stop their application, click that one button to say reverse replication. It would do under the wraps, everything that Casey mentioned, take a last snapshot, update it, cut over, break, bring it online, set up replication in the reverse direction. That's a lot of things, right? For step two. And then step three would be when they're ready, they would fail back with another reverse replication, which does all of this again. And the good part is, while all of this is going on, you're always replicating in one direction. So there is not even a small window of time where you have lost replication when the app comes up. And that, as Casey said, in our demos would be a couple of minutes. We're curious to try that out and we're bringing it up. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, I would imagine that um, a few minutes is a lot less time to hold your breath than 45 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> So as far as the Azure control piece goes, it's not just about reduction of time. It's also about repeatability of the steps and making sure that all those steps are done correctly every time. And when you have more manual things in your process, there's more chance for things to break because maybe somebody fat fingers something or you know, doesn't run the steps in the right order. 
So Casey, I imagine that your DR plan today before with this new update has a pretty long laundry list of things that you have to do. That's going to get a lot shorter now. Yeah, it is a laundry list. We have a lot of it automated with Ansible, but because the way we do it, and it still requires a storage engineer or a storage administrator, somebody who understands the underlying storage to be involved. That's the other benefit of Astra is, like I said earlier, our DevOps team is who manages Kubernetes. And with Astra Control, we are going to be able to hand this over to them. So when the failover occurs, they won't need a storage administrator to be involved. They will just go into Astra Control. They can perform the failover on their own. And storage administrators, if it is a true disaster, we have lots more apps than just this Kubernetes thing, right? Storage administrators can be involved in the actual other issues that are going on or maybe really require their attention. So there's that benefit as well. So are you running homegrown Kubernetes deployment or are you doing like an engine of some sort? Or are you running it strictly in the cloud? Like how are you managing the Kubernetes aspect of this? It's all rancher. Yeah, so it's, it's Rancher uh, from what I've seen. Two data centers, both are on-prem at this point, and they're running Rancher. So we are setting up Snapper across two on-top instances. But Casey also mentioned there was some CBO in the future that you would consider. So we also support Snap mirroring or DR to cloud, which uh, might be a future use case for you. Yeah, I believe that will be a future use case for us. It just so happens that today that this particular workloads that we're mostly talking about happen to be in uh, physical colo facilities that we have. Casey, I don't know if you handled the setup of this or if uh, Harishi and his team did, but as far as integrating Azure Control with Rancher goes, what was the process like? That would be Harishi and our DevOps team did all that. I was not very involved. So Harishi, walk me through yes. that. Like, tell me how that all goes. How simple is it to integrate something like Rancher into Azure Control? Astro Control is a Kubernetes application, right? So you would deploy it like any other application on Rancher. In this case, Chad that we're working with on the DevOps team at Highland, he has two Rancher clusters up. Uh, both of them have their Trident configurations done and are talking to the on-tap instances. At this point, we just need ACC images updated to a local repo, which in this case, Highland is using an ECR repo. And then it's a couple of steps where you populate a if you're familiar with Kubernetes, you'd have a couple of YAMLs, the operator YAML and a min YAML, provide some configuration details like DNS and so forth, right? And apply the YAML. It's as simple as that. So where we are right now is basically ACC is deployed there. We are just getting ready to get into the next steps to configure Snapper and start testing it out. That's as simple as it was to bring an instance of ACC. Now, remember, ACC is a control plane which is managing multiple Kubernetes clusters. So you only need one instance of it running across all your data centers. Ideally, you would want it in a central place, which is has a different fault domain and isolation from your primary and secondary clusters. But you could also be running redundant instances in both your primary and secondary. So we are exploring all those different combinations. And as we go through this POC with Casey and team, we will explore or demonstrate those capabilities. Okay. So it's as simple as pulling the images and creating a new pod. That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Apply the YAML to get your pods up. All right. Cool. Now that YAML, is it a manual process to edit it in a text editor? Do you have like a GUI that kind of helps you do that? How does that work? So the YAML editing would be any text editor of your choice, right? So you would edit that. I mean, there's not a lot of editing that you need to do. It's very much down the alley of a Kubernetes admin, but we just need a couple of options to be set to see what kind of ingress they're using and what's the domain name. And that's pretty much it. Casey, you know, you've, you've talked about how your DevOps guys have been handling the Kubernetes deployment. So I would imagine that you're familiar with Kubernetes, but you're not like an, an admin. How straightforward has Astra Control been for you in this process? 
Yeah, my involvement has been really straightforward. We have a good set of DevOps guys, so you know we're pretty tight with them. My involvement has been they need me to set up Trident. I did that. They need me to you know help them get some code or make sure that we have the right kind of access. And so it's been very simple for me. And I think it's been pretty simple for that team as well, right? Like like Rishi said, it's, it's been pretty easy. Probably our biggest struggles that we had were with some firewall rules and routing stuff that we didn't have in our, in our test environment, right? That was probably the biggest struggle. So nothing really Astra related. Just to add to that, from the beginning, the focus with Astra has been to cater to these different personas. Like Casey alluded to, we want to make it consumable to app admins and where they don't really have to worry about the storage side of things. Once Casey sets it up and does the pre-setup like peering, they can manage it at an application level. And hopefully it, it helps in, in a bigger disaster where you need to be involved. You can do different apps at the same time. But if you're going to do a DR test, the app admins can do go do themselves, right? That's the value problem. Yeah, I imagine in a disaster scenario, the last thing you want to be worrying about is how to recover everything. <laughs> you just want to be able to do it. Yeah, for sure. That'll be a big thing for this is, like I said, we have a very small storage admin team. So when it comes to a disaster, we need to do a lot of replication breaking and failover. If it was like a true site disaster, you know, we would need all of our storage guys doing that. And the fact that we can hand off these applications that are running Kubernetes to the DevOps and they can just do their own failovers, that's a big win because it frees us completely of all of that stuff. Yeah, and it frees you up to focus on other things that you need to be responsible for in the environment. So it really just moves the role to the proper teams. Yep. So Harishi, tell us a little bit more about why we chose to support the data protection piece for Azure. It sounds pretty self-explanatory from what we talked about with Casey here. Are there any other reasons that you might have implemented this? So that's the primary reason, of course. So since Astra is an app data management and then providing protection and backup and recovery and DR, right, it, it was a natural fit for all of NetApp customers who are using ONTAP. And many of them, like Casey said, are already using Snapner or using some way of replicating. In some cases, they're using SVMDR. So this was definitely the next step on our journey to integrate the goodness of ONTAP. And, and that's what we bring today and make it really simple to consume. You have the disaster failover capability, but then DR test is a very common use case, like Casey said, right? So you want to be able to do it and make sure your DR readiness is airtight. Those are the two things. We alluded to a little bit, but there's on-prem, but there's also DR to cloud. So that's kind of the fourth use case in the sense of being able to have your Kubernetes clusters run anywhere. So that unlocks the hybrid multi-cloud use cases. So you could be running CVO instances and be able to snap more across uh, and replicate your apps. An extension to that is also migration, although it's not the first use case you'd think of when, when Snapmer or DR is talked about. Once you set this up, you can have a migration story with a really small maintenance window because all your data is protected, right? Uh, your RTO is really small, like Casey said, a couple of minutes, right? So you could migrate your apps, with even heavy apps, which have a lot of data, within minutes of your outage window. It can be extended to be seen as a migration tool as well. Casey, with these types of workloads that you're using with healthcare images or financial images, I imagine there's multiple remote sites that have to access these things. Does that data migration story help you there? Does it localize things to make things faster? Or is it something that you aren't really currently looking at yet? Today, we don't use that because our applications are not designed. Let's say they're not designed for multi-site. However, we do have some applications that we've talked about making the multi-site where there's no more 
primary and disaster site. But today that doesn't exist. The use of this tool to do that is definitely being looked at as a, you know, like, okay, that's one way to make it a very short window. It's a future thing that's possible, but not something right today. So Harishi, you've been working with the DevOps teams at Highland quite a bit. What sort of feedback have they been giving you in terms of things that they want to see in this in the product? Where we want some feedback from them is on their dev processes. How do they see the apps configured? We have a follow-up session to say, are they using apps across namespaces, uh, different cluster scoped resources, uh, more of Kubernetes aspect and, and saying, how can we take this app-aware, app-consistent data management to the next level. That's the feedback we will seek and, and work through, right? And also figure out when these app teams are given out, what kind of RBAC do they need? What kind of permissions and roles? So that's a journey. So we have a good set of features in Astra Control already, which allows you different scope and limiting of namespaces and so forth. But that's primarily the feedback we would take and then evolve uh, Astra Control to meet all those use cases. All right, Casey. Well, you know, it sounds like you're well on your way to trying out Azure Control and the data protection piece. Again, if we wanted to reach you for any sort of information about your experience with Azure Control, how do we do that? You reach me at email casey.schenberger at highland.com. All right. And Harishi, how would we reach you? That would be rishi at netapp.com. All right. Excellent. Well, Casey, thanks so much for joining us today, as well as you, Harishi, uh, and uh, hope to speak to you again soon. All right, that about wraps it up for today's Tech on Tap podcast. Uh, we talked to a couple of great customers about their Astra Control experiences, and we hope to hear from more of you. If you'd like to be on the podcast to talk about Astra Control, email us at podcast at netup.com. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Rishi Karamani from NetApp, Casey Schenberger from Highland, and Jacob Jiang from SAP for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.